It's funny, isn't it, that the way we move, the way we feel, affects all aspects of our reality. So welcome again. You're watching or listening to your host, Mike Thrace. I'm here in, yeah, corrupt waters on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. And I feel inclined to talk about that with, with feeling and vibration in alignment with everything I've already been talking about with prosperity and law of attraction, changing your reality through, oh wow, there's a beautiful bird. Hold on, we'll just get a look at this. Oh no, it's just, it's just gone under the tree there, unfortunately. It was a beautiful brown bird. I almost thought it was a hawk for a second, but we do see strange things here in the Crubbin. Nacho! Nacho's quite curious about it. He's gone down to have a look. But connected with that and the environment and everything that pops up in our screeter space that I like to call it. I've got some good contrast around this. Just just about 15, 20 minutes ago when I visited the local shopping centre. And we might settle into this today. For those of you, yeah, you're going through a spiritual awakening journey. You're working with the law of attraction. And part of that is you're being encouraged to focus your thoughts into a prosperous, more abundant reality. But what you will most likely find, which is what I've found, and particularly a few years ago when I've been working at it a lot, trying to change my thoughts, but trying, but realizing that I was thinking through a certain frequency, a certain archetype, a certain identity. And this is what's really interesting around this, that we can see more clearly when we, well, that Zealand would say, we, we jump the loop, we jump the circle. We, we go to a different mirror of reality, a different guise, or we step off the stage and become an audience member of the play. And by that I mean, the spiritual awakening journey gives us this opportunity to feel more awareness. I've just got Nacho here with me, so we'll just be doing a bit of a bit of playing in the backyard while we're here. But yeah, connected with that, it, it does often open up a different perspective and perception of reality. And what does usually occur? It's occurred for me and, and most of the. I guess what I would see perceive as people have gone being deep on this journey to really open up their heart and step into their power there is this somewhat healing journey the the healer's journey or the the hero's journey of joseph campbell there's this space of coming back to the awareness that we are the i am creator of our play and to get to that we do go through different states of consciousness different levels of awareness different archetypes of the major arcana and what seems to be the outcome around this <laughs> is we come out as the magician, the mage king or the mage queen, because we're both the balancing of heart and mind. The mind being somewhat of the king, queen, sovereign energy, who's aware of the way we think. And the magician or the mage being the heart alignment that is aware that our heart or subconscious mind, soul, creates our experience of reality. But getting back to what I'm just saying around the shopping centre and this first few years and well, after I had this, I guess you'd say this initial dark night of the soul, awakened experience, when, when things started to collapse in my reality, is we do feel inclined, <laughs> a little bit like Throno and Bilbo and Lord of the Rings, which I've really resonated with me a lot, the, particularly the last few years, is we go into somewhat of a pilgrim space. 
the full energy of the, of the journey of, of the awakening of the major arcana. And it's a very powerful frequency of the full. It's, it's powerful because it, it opens up the heart and it can be somewhat of an inner child healing journey too. And it's very important to really acknowledge the full and the inner child, either when we go through those stages and we go through like a cyclical space, a sphere, and we, we, we often will step into a certain abundant states or we want to move forward. We, we go through different identities, really, archetypes. But that full is always with us. That inner child, that inner space, that heart awareness is always there. But if it hasn't been fully heard, it, you know, it has to have some form of healing. And we see it clearly in, in narratives like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, where this, the child or the, the fool is, is taken out of its comfort zone. It's, it's Persephone-like realm of where she lives with the mother of Demeter. And even per Percival, which is funny how Percival and Persephone have a very similar name. Percival and the Holy Grail myths, if you're interested in, yeah, definitely. Before the, um, the Arthur and the, and the Guinevere stories, and even though they're connected in, there was this aspect of Percival, Percival the fool, or Percival the Gaul, he was meant to be from France, and he, he wanders the countryside, but he leaves the realm with his mother, and he's very much a full energy who's been overmothered by the mother. So when he goes out into society, reality, he has difficulty relating to people, but that's also part of his superpower because he's been overmothered, he's connected to the heart. And the heart creates all these scenes or segments of awareness where he's able to display his vela. Because he doesn't necessarily, yeah, he has a focus on nightly pursuits. He, he does want to serve Arthur, the masculine. Because he's so embodied in the feminine, he, he's like a, a rung above everybody else. And so he's the one that finds the Holy Grail because he doesn't need it to be sure not identity because he's already a fool. Ultimately, he's um, someone of the man-child. But he's okay with that because his man-childness is what's brought him to that superpower. It's a similar thing with Frodo, where either Frodo, when he leaves the Shire, initially, the book's different to the movie somewhat. It's a bit, the, 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 the timelines are understandably compressed. Um, the books are right about 20 hours. 22 hours is the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, and yeah, the movie is what, two and a half, three hours. So we do get that compression, but what we find out, particularly as, as Frodo's about to leave, that he, he's, he's now got this quest, this fool going out into the world, leading the realm of the mother, the Shire, Byron Shire, we'll call it, or the, the Earth frequency, um, is yeah, he's middle-aged. He's, he's 50, when he, he's about 50 when he leaves. And he's in this space of, yeah, it, before he even leaves, he has been walking and dreaming of this manifestation for years. He also has in a child wounding it, I guess, because he's been orphaned. His mother and father um, died when he's very young. So he has this aspect of wanting to connect. So even the, the wounding is what's calling him out to discover the father and the mother of the reality, you know, the Elrond and the Galadriel. You know, he has the strong kinship with not only his, his cousin, who's all more like an uncle because he's older, Bilbo, but also Gandalf the magician, while also having that friendship with the younger hobbits, Mary and Pippin and Sam. So this aspect of the full energy, yeah, you might wonder where I'm going with all this, but we're getting there. So this full energy is, is very important, that childlike play energy, but then there is this impulse, the divine to want to reconcile the step in our power, to lead from the heart. We almost got to leave the, the space of safety, leave the shy, leave the mother of the Percival. 
and Persephone leave her mother in the, in the Hadesmith adventure to the underworld. So it's this journey of when we go out into reality, and it's synonymous with the spiritual awakening journey, is the, for me in the pilgrim space, is walking a pilgrimage and, and going into the to reality and coming up against my limiting beliefs. But ultimately then what seems to happen is we, we receive more awareness and then it's about integrating back into the space of that king-queen energy. And what I found and what I've been finding a lot lately, and particularly if you've come across this, you've had some form of awakening, there's been some in the child healing work. <laughs> what there seems to, to occur and it can occur in different timelines and different spaces and, and how much healing we need in the inner child is we do feel encouraged to step back into that power. It's like connecting with the awakening journey. You see, people you see it in the book more clearly in the movie, or I could say read it or hear it more if it's the audio book version, is there's this real kinship between the king and the fool as there is between Gandalf, the fool, and the king, of Aragorn, Gandalf, and Athrodo. And it's quite clear why I think that's the case, is because even though the, the concluding aspect of this the story, Return of the King, is Aragorn eventually become Elisar. Remember, when Aragorn first, meet, first meets Throna, not long after he, he leaves the Shire, on that dark night of the soul, that awakening journey, He's the ranger energy. He's the warrior energy, but he, he's, he's a guised king because he's not yet claimed his, his title, his throne. He's aligned with the frequency of the, the earth mother because he lives up the land of the earth. But his friendship is ultimately for Gandalf as, as the magician energy. So Gandalf is, is ultimately guiding this the relationship between Aragorn as the ranger and Frodo. And there's somewhat of an aspect of all three of them being together because Frodo, at the beginning of this journey, yeah, he's that fool. He's that fool energy. He's like little Nacho. He wanted to play with the ball. He's, he's very much on that journey as we are as we come into this human reality experience, that child. But as we grow up, it's important to develop both the, the king, as, king or queen aspects of ourselves through the range of the warrior energy and also the magician, the Gandalf. Because one doesn't become that, that sovereign I am embodied heart and mind aligned frequency without having both the magician and the king. And I talk about this a lot more in both Be Prosperity Cultures and particularly the sequel, Integrated and Empowered Prosperity, the final chapter around this, the importance of, of balancing heart and mind. And, and this is the what I'm, I'm, I'm identifying with, particularly when I went to the supermarket then, is like we do enough work with the heart you know, we might already have a strong heart as, as Frodo does, and then, therefore the challenge is to stay in the heart when the challenges come up. But as we move along that narrative and we, we you know, we hang out with the king, we, we align with the sovereign frequency, we also see how important it is for the king needs to retain their inner heart, you know? And same with the magician. The magician is very aligned with that inner child, that heart. It has a childlike nature, which is why Gandalf is particularly drawn to the hobbits, to the Shire to nature so when we move into nature we go into spaces like a shopping center where there's this energy of like we just feel the the chaos we feel the busyness of it all <laughs> the the wounded child can want to close up or numb itself off or not even visit the shopping center you know 
and the, the rage of the warrior who's who hasn't yet become king and hasn't felt into the heart and hasn't done the work to feel sensitive enough can want to fight through the environment. But what seems to happen with this is we move and we focus more into our, our mage king or our mage queen energy is we feel both in the body. We feel connected to the body. But we're not carried away like, like so we're not carried off on the journey because we're grounded in the sovereign energy of the, of the king queen. And this is what I'm getting at in terms of the manifestation journey. And if you're drawn to this content today on that space, is when we go through that shadow healing aspect of Throto, and even as he returns to the Shire, and he, he has to become somewhat of a leader again at the end of the journey. Just as Aragorn, when he becomes king, is very much has to respect the, the elven realm of nature and the earth and the hobbits to help bring him to that kingship along with Gandalf, who is a custodian of the land, that magician. There is this consistent balancing of heart and mind, what that in Zealand is talking about, with any manifestation. It's all about balancing heart and mind. But the difficulty with this is, <laughs> the challenge is when we see it in, you know, when we go to a busy space, is there already is, this heart and mind is already manifesting in reality for everybody. Because that's what happens, and that's what that in Zealand is talking about, or never got up. That really is already being manifested from our balancing of heart and mind that when our heart is already closed over or the, and hence the mind is, is programmed to limiting beliefs and lack and this need to force, rush, hurry. <laughs> Reality seems so busy and like we need to fight against it. So this is the space, isn't it? That we, once we embody our power, we, we've done the work. And the work ultimately is more about allowing our heart to feel seen and embodied, just as our inner child is seen in the body. At the same time that there's a maturity with that, that. And the ability to look after our own inner child is a little bit like our own inner king, queen, looking after our heart. We perceive the value in who we are because we're no longer like what a fool can sometimes be susceptible to. We, we don't let our heart be carried away and distracted in certain things and identities. Because we've come through the awakening journey, we've balanced heart and mind. And so when we step out in a rally, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, you know, and sometimes we will get carried away with the tides or sometimes, particularly, I guess, the shadow of that king is we can be tempted to argue and fight or defend ourselves. But when we continue to, to practice that inner heart awareness, that body awareness, and we have that compass of identity, we see ourselves as a, as a balanced heart of mind, a mage king or mage queen. That's who we are, because that's our I am, that's our divine self, that we've had all these awakening experiences, all these glimpses of awareness to practice that, to be a Nagual, a sorcerer, a shaman, a teacher, but ultimately not just a, a magician or an outcast, someone who's able to provide for themselves and their family, a king or a queen. So as we've embodied that and we, and we see it more clearly, when we go out into external reality, which is ultimately a reflection of our inner reality, we have more awareness about what's really ours and what's not. So that's really the gist of it. I really wanted to, to conclude with in this moment that particularly with prosperity as a frequency and prosperity as an embodiment of a king queenship along with the, the, heart, the heart 
fallen heart magician, the, the healed heart, is we can all live in this loving frequency. And it can feel challenging at first when we're transitioning to that. Because remember that mirror of reality that we hear when people talk about. Reality keeps reflecting back how we feel about it. But while we keep giving our mind, which is connected to the heart, attention to things to say when we're not enough or we're not good enough, we keep getting reflections of not good enough or this need to be busy and to force a fight. So it can be difficult to a mind accustomed to forcing and fighting, pursuing identity, particularly when there's this, this, this program towards forcing an effort to get or compete against others, to get ahead of others. But if we practice it consciously, we feel it to the body. Even with the, the traumatized body, we do the healing work. We listen to the heart. We, we practice affirmations. We give ourselves time in nature. We or journaling or gratitude. We do things that feel good to us and we no longer give our power and attention to things that don't. Reality begins to change. And so we have that awareness of, well, what is it we want to cultivate? And because we've become more aligned with our frequency of abundance, prosperity, we can see more clearly that, particularly when we go out external reality, abundance of money and flow, it's not just about a monetary, you know, currency. It's also about energy. The king queenship is about seeing the value in ourselves. So how well do you value yourself, your own energy? Well, the, this is the balancing the heart and mind. When we don't value it beyond the condition of external identity, we, we are tempted at times to compete with the external other and, and value ourselves against another. But when we heal the heart, we let the inner child explore and play, have fun and do their own thing, we feel a lot safer. And because our nervous system body feels safer, we become more valuable in ourselves. Thanks again for being a part of this. Pray and intend it was a value for you. Yeah, if you're interested in learning more, I would recommend the two books I referenced earlier in this podcast, this episode today. Be Prosperity Conscious and Integrated in Power of Prosperity. They too were developed as part of the podcast when I was transitioning from this pilgrim energy into a business owner. And I was intending to bring more prosperity into my reality. And as I did so, I was able to perceive more clearly how, yeah, it is this importance to to not just stay, we don't have to stay as a pilgrim or we stay in that full energy or fight the reality or hide from it. Part of it is getting out into reality again. But what we arm from this thought, this balanced heart and mind frequency is we don't have to go into segments that don't really serve us. And ultimately by listening to our body, letting our intuitive inner heart guide us, there's nothing missing in us. Bye for now.